for you. Welcome to another edition of Len's Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. And before I bring on my guest for the week, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush. So I know I'm very late to the game here, to the Johnny Depp and the Amber Heard party. I hadn't watched one bit of it. But I have to say, why the heck is it even on TV? And why do people even care about these two? I have no idea. I mean, I like Johnny Depp. I've seen him in a lot of movies and all this stuff. Amber Heard, I could, you know, live without a little bit. But why do people care about this? Now, this came up for me last week. I, have, uh, I was going out to dinner, and we have uh, my friend's daughter is 16, and she brought this up. She's like watching this religiously. Uh, I cannot believe it. She's 16 years old, and she's watching it religiously, and she can't you know, get enough of this. She mentioned that during her downtime at school, she actually watches this, uh, and she says it's so comical. It's so funny, this whole courtroom phenomenon. She's completely hooked on it. She is Team Johnny. Now, what I, don't, I find interesting is if it is a comedy, right, my first reaction would have been, why can't they do this in front of Judge Steve Harvey, right? The man would have sent them straight, and we would not be in week five of this atrocity, right? The trial taking place in a Virginia courtroom is now in its fifth week and resumed after a, a week-long hiatus. I don't know how people could have lived without this. Now, closing arguments are expected to begin on May 27th, and then jury deliberations will... Um, begin as well after that. So the whole thing, the second lawsuit stemming from the former relationship between Depp and Heard following a trial in the UK. Now, in 2020, Amber Heard, um, you know, for those of you that don't know Amber Heard, she was in Aquaman and Aquaman 2. Good for her. Um, Johnny Depp, uh, she accused him of sexual assault. Heard described a chaotic and violent night back in 2015 during which she alleged that uh, Depp assaulted her sexually. Now, uh, Johnny Depp, of course, is countersuing. She, uh, he, you know, he goes ahead and says, hey, there's an op-ed piece that she published in the Washington Post back in 2018, and in that headline, I spoke up, you know, against sexual violence and faced our cultural wrath. So he's asking for $50 million. Now, in 2021, in January, Amber wants $100 million. Enough already, you know. Uh, it, it, it's really not my, my bag. But the trial currently take place as Depp's lawsuit against Heard. Uh, they'll probably have to do this again when they have the other, uh, you know, again, they've been doing it in Virginia, and this has been live streaming in April. And those paying attention to the day-to-day workings have noticed that Depp, who is now 58, refuses to look at his ex-wife, right? This is invigorating, isn't it? I mean, come on. There also is lines outside, people wanting to get in the courtroom to see it all happen live. No one has ever wanted to go to court this much. Now, jurors were shown a photo of Heard that was taken at a Los Angeles courthouse when Heard filed for a temporary restraining order against Depp back in May 2016, and Depp accused Heard of making using makeup to fabricate uh, these bruises. Of course, Heard denies it to he said, she said thing, and it probably should have been left to the two of them, but, you know, it's her testified that she was going to divorce Depp, and she knew I had to leave him. I knew I wouldn't survive if it didn't. She testified, of course, that. So you knew that of all of this, that James Franco was going to get involved in this because he's got to find his way into just about everything, and Heard says Heard had uh, Franco over to her home the night before she filed for divorce for Johnny Depp. So most celebrities are remaining quiet on what side they're on, 
Uh, some have said uh, they're on Team Johnny. Chris Rock has come out. Uh, Joe Rogan, comedians Bill Burr, and Jennifer Aniston has come out now. Now, on the other side, however, it, for her, it hasn't been that, that good. But Howard Stern didn't hold back. He, he blasted Depp for overacting at the trial. The legendary radio host on Sirius XM said in late April the reason he wanted that on, he wanted to televise. Of course, Johnny wanted to televise because he's a huge narcissist, he claims. And he figured by putting this on TV, this is going to be a big thing. Uh, Stern continued, if he isn't acting, I mean he's overacting because he's writing his own material through this whole thing. So, you know, Johnny Depp previously testified of an incident where this is disgusting, uh, shown feces left behind in bed, saying it was a bizarre and grotesque. Uh, of course, Amber Heard denies this, leaving poop on the bed as a prank on Johnny Depp. Now, she said, I don't think that was funny. Uh all she had to do was blame the dog, right? I mean, come on, if she was going to do something like that, right? I mean, it could have saved him $100 million, and then why, you know, what could you watch on daytime TV? I don't have a dog in this fight, but wish them well and hope it's over soon so we could stop seeing the hashtag justice for Johnny Depp. This is why I say we need to bring back game shows on daytime TV like we had in the 70s. A good match game would give us a nice cleansing of all this crap. With that being said, it's time to bring on my guest for the week. She is an actor, a comedian, native of Flint, Michigan. She's appeared in over 90 commercials, along with a slew of guest star roles in both film and television. She has a comedy special, RVs and Cats. It's available on Amazon Prime. It is terrific. And her comedy album was released in 2021. If that wasn't enough, she has a podcast that I envy, Drinking During Business Hours, available on Apple Music, Spotify, and iTunes. And she performs stand-up all over the country with her show, Bottle Shock Comedy, is featured uh, also at the Hollywood Improv every month. I'm exhausted just telling about the things you do, uh, Sarah, but I please want to welcome the very talented uh, Sarah J. Halstead to Lens Burning Bush. I'm going to put you on the big screen over here so we can, we can see you, but a lot of stuff there. Oh, hi. Thank you very much for that lengthy intro. And yes, it does. It, it is. Exa- it's as exhausting as it sounds. <laughs> I, I, it is. It's a lot of stuff that you do. And, and we had to note all that because it's it's very important. But before. Well, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I appreciate that because it is it is a lot of work and it you know, it's it's not all at once. It's just that all of those projects have accumulated uh, I just celebrated my seven-year anniversary in Los Angeles, so all of those credits have been completed within the past seven years, and it's been a fun ride. I give you a lot of credit. Seven years in LA—that's that's amazing. That's that's a Thank good you. that's a good thing. Now I love LA, but I, I you know I I find uh, I find the East Coast. I'm an East Coast. It's t- it's tough for an East Coast person to be on the West Coast, right? One hundred percent. And I really did not want to move here. I I never wanted to leave New York. I lived in New York for seven years. Well, throughout my entire twenties, yeah. I lived in New York City. It's a hard place to leave. Yeah. Well, before we get into all of your stuff, I wanted to ask you: Are you one of these people that watch this this crap? The the not you know? At all. Oh, good, good, not good. At all. I don't know anything about it except my grandmother watches it and she's really into it. I, I find it funny, but Johnny Depp, my wife has always had a thing for Johnny Depp. Um, you know, back in the 21 Jump Street. And That's understandable. It's understandable. Yeah. And, and, you know, who's eaten Gilbert? Was it Gilbert Gray? There's yeah, a lot. No, he's one of the most prolific yeah. actors and beloved Hollywood stars. There, she doesn't have a shot. 
Right. He's just too loved. I have met Johnny Depp. I had a lovely moment with him um, at the Hollywood Vampires concert. I was wow. uh, my friend open for them and I met him in the green room and I saw him perform and we had a nice conversation and he is just as charming off stage as he is on she doesn't have a shot. No. And, and you know, what's funny. She, she, I, I walked down cause I work from home. I walked downstairs and on the TV was this crap. And I'm like, why are you watching this? What is, what is on? I mean, I don't know. Well, I, you know it's a nice change of pace though. Yeah. The, the news is so negative. It's so doomsday. It's just a low vibration frequency of vibration out there right now with all the, it's just so scary with the war in Ukraine and the, the inflation and um, people are, are in COVID and it just goes on and yeah. on and the violence and the, you know, lack of police and the, you know, so at least this is kind of a fun little distraction for people. All right. You could turn me over to the other side here. See, this is a, I, I get angry. I get it off my chest and I'm, I'm good, but I just didn't see the, when, when I'm having a 16 year old tell me about the story about Johnny Depp, I was like, Oh my goodness, you're, you're watching this thing and I could care less about it. But for her, it's like the, it's, it's must see TV. I mean, it's literally, yeah, she can't yeah, no, a lot of she, people are really into it and it's just a nice, it's brain candy for people. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a very tumultuous time in our world, and at least people have a, a you know a, a a category or or you know um, something that they can just kind of zone out to. Well, let's get into you because that's what it's about, right? We got to do we got to do that's a fair. me day, right? A me day, is that right? Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you gotta you, have a me day, man. <laughs> yeah, your special RVs and cats. It's available on Amazon. I, I did watch it, and right now you still have to pay. You can rent it, uh, and then you have to pay for it, right, uh, on Amazon? Pay. You have to pay. It was, it was free the first year. Yeah. And then I, but I have a contract with them, and we made that adjustment. So now I actually get checks. Hey, it's look, quite nice. that's fantastic, because that is what it's all about. <laughs> uh, you talked about a lot of things on it. One of the things I, I, I liked, I liked the me day. I like the fact you're wearing Yo Adrian, your little Rocky shirt on. on yeah, t- I, I love that influencer agreement yeah. with the Rocky Balboa company. Yeah. <laughs> and and of course, living in Flint, Michigan, if you drink the water, you will die. That's you that's that's all. <laughs> other than that, it's a great place to live. <laughs> but the other thing I kind of found interesting uh, in the special was the fact that you've talked about things that I talk about all the time about relationships, and I think the hardest part of every relationship is the living together part. Because you're never more disgusting as you are when you're actually living with someone. When the sweatpants come out, it's pretty much over. And you brought up the fact of when you're with your boyfriend, you're like, you know what, I, I'm at home because I don't want him to see my Invisalign, uh, whatever, you retain it. Yeah. I don't want That's not sexy. No, no. It, that, and then you, you know, and to wake up with it, you go for that morning kiss and you have Invisalign breath. I know. It, you know, I do that. And it's I just, agree a hundred percent. If, if spouses could live, if even boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, whatever it is, if they live separately, I think would be a lot, they would stay together a lot longer. Much better. He, he lives down the street yeah, from me. That's, and that's, and that, that, that's why my teeth are straight. Yeah. <laughs> I I just had the mine done uh, too, so I. They look very nice. Yeah, nice I noticed straight away. Well, thank white. you. It wasn't always the case, you know. You had to, you know, it it took a yeah. while because, you know, with dental work, it's funny. You get them done in the '90s, and then all of a sudden, 20 years later, it's it's all starting to fall apart again, uh, because they have some kind of deal where they got to make more money. 
uh, after yeah. the, the death. Again, they got to make money. We, 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 yeah, we under- time to redo those babies. <laughs> I also love, because I'm in uh, same thing in my family, uh, being Jewish, okay, but then I have family members that are not, right? So you, right. you would do the, what I call Hanumas, right? You would do the, I, I have the combination Christmas. And you talked about your, your mother, who unfortunately is no longer with us. I'm yes. sorry that. Uh, but you talked about the Hungarian Jew who wanted Christmas. And that's, that was me. I always wanted Christmas. Sure. It's, I mean, let's face it. It's a, it's a little more fun, you know, than, than, than the dreidel. Yeah. I mean, come on. We, we get screwed on that. Jonathan, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. You listen to some comedians and John Stewart is the best at it. He talks about, uh, you know, the fact of with the Hanukkah kerfuffle and he talked about Easter and Passover, you know, they've got candy and we've got a shank bone, you know, where there's, there's no, you know, we don't we can't compare to giving kids candy on easter for passover when you're sitting there with gefilte fish so i got really lucky because i didn't know i was jewish and i was raised christian so i i had a lot of toys oh but you you guys you had a lot of toys too when you were a kid i'm not saying i didn't and i got the benefit so what happened was so i grew up all my life my, my mother would be the class mom and she would uh, bring the, the trees, a little electrical trees to go into the, into the room and she would do all that stuff. But we never had a Christmas tree at home. So the okay. first time I got my own place, I bought during the thing, I think it was on Hanukkah, I went into, do you remember the old, uh, I don't know if you remember, uh, uh, it's a, sh- a store called Caldor, I think it was called. They had, a, huh. I, that must have been an East Coast or a New York or Jersey thing. But that we went and bought an electric Christmas tree and just had it in the house. And I'm like, I always want, I, I didn't see the, the, the tree was never much a religious thing. You know, I, I like the tree and the just lights. like the smell of it. Yeah. And the, the season of having a tree. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You got to, yeah. you got to do that. So, well, I, I love uh, the other thing on your special. I don't want to give everything away, but I, I want people to watch it, but I love the uh, saying how you got to meet people and, you know, because of it and you got to meet Ron Jeremy. I love your reaction to Ron Jeremy. Uh, I thought that was yeah. pretty funny. That material did not age well. <laughs> no, you know, it did really not. It did not. You know, that when I did the special, Ron Jeremy was out and yeah. being, being Ron Jeremy and he was going to comedy shows and I've, you know, what I even ran into him at a party once. Um, so, you know, cause he was, and he was on people's podcasts yeah. and he was, we were following each other on Twitter and, you know, but yeah, since he, yeah, he's in, he's in prison now. Yeah. And that's not a good thing, but you know, but the no. special is great. People should go, go watch it. Cause it's really great. Uh, now Thanks. I want to ask you, how did this, how did this special come about? Like what did, uh, it was, it something that Amazon approached you? Did you approach it? Did your agent, how did that work? I stalked everyone. <laughs> I absolutely made everyone. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, I was just relentless about it. And that's if you want to complete a project in the arts, you have to want it really badly, and you have to be res- relentless. And everyone told me that I wasn't ready. I heard a lot of no's. And uh, I had to take the bull by the horns and just do all of the legwork independently. And uh, before I knew it, everything was lined up. And uh, I, I am a Second City alum. Um, I studied with them for quite a few years. And so I just really used my contacts. So I went to Second City and I, t- you know, 
um, explained to them that it would really mean a lot to me if I could have that second city, you know, logo and have the credit and, and perform this on stage. And they said, yes. And from there, everything just kind of started to, um, you know, to, to, to happen. Everyone just, everything just came together once I had that location in place. And, and it just, it was the ultimate, uh, uh, it, I was just so inspired um, by, by knowing that I was going to have my, and I, and it was just supposed to be an album. It wasn't going to be a special initially. And I, I went to a producer that I knew and I said, will you help me create, produce my album? And he said, he said, albums are for ugly people. <laughs> that is, that is, that is tremendous. That is right. It's like, <laughs> like, like I've always said, that's why I have a face for radio. You know, it's true. It's, it's, it's true. It's what he said, Gary <laughs> Robinson. And I actually have the credit on the yeah, back of the album. Yeah. Gary albums are for ugly people, Robinson. And, uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I would have never. And he really talked me into doing a special and it's, it's all about immortalizing your work and, um, and, and, you know, it's not, it, it's a wonderful, um, example of a comedian that is five years in, I was exactly five years in stand-up comedy. It's, it's not crushing. It's not Bill Burr style, but the jokes land and it's more of a one woman show about my journey. And I am proud of it. I, I, I think it's fabulous and, and more people should see it because I think you're right. I mean, it, it, it's great to do that. And I remember, so, so Billy Crystal's very, you know, obviously he's done many specials, but the, but the one I love the most was the 700 uh, Sundays. Is it called? I loved that favorite. Too. You laugh, you cry in that. I, I mean, obviously, we don't want to cry during a comedy special of yours, but I, I think... I've cried a lot in comedy. <laughs> but that I yeah. love the whole uh, talking about yourself because I think the you know there's a lot of all real stuff in your in your work and that 100 yeah. percent true. Yeah. With, with what I call it is, I just add a little of Lagasse spice to it. You got a little bam. bam. That's you know, but it's it's the premises are all true. Yeah. Well, that, that it's fabulous. And you also have a podcast that we, we talked a little bit uh, off the air about uh, drinking during business hours, which it used to happen all the time. Uh, you know, hey, why not? Why not incorporate it? And it's uh, it's fitting for every occasion because I, I have it. It's basically it sounds like a wine show, but it's not. I interview entertainers over a great bottle of wine and we talk about their fascinating journey and lives and we you know, sip. However, you know, sometimes we, we chug, (laughs) (laughs) you never know how the interviews are going to go. But I do always provide a driver if people choose to drink a lot. Um, And uh, sometimes, you know, I have sober people on and so we drink coffee, soda, water, but it's, um, it's something that I, uh, it was my very first podcast that I started in 2017 and I took a hiatus by uh, helping uh, the comedy store with a, a podcast that they were launching in their basement, we, the dungeon, we call it. And then I had a podcast for a little while, a political co- podcast with Daryl Hammond from Saturday Night Live. And we had that podcast at Hollywood Improv. And then COVID happened. Oh, and I, know. I just really wanted to go back to this original podcast. It was most my personality. Mm -hmm. I've been in the wine industry for 22 years and it's a big chunk of, of who I am and my identity. So I just thought it was 
fitting for me to just stick with this podcast and and it's it's gaining momentum and it's been a lot of fun. It is. I'm I'm jealous because you you uh, I I'm a huge John Cryer fan and you had him on oh, talking about why and I listened to it. I was like this is fabulous. I was like in awe. Like oh you you're really really lovely. Yeah, and you um, and you, and you did exactly what I've done. You know, why did he come on? Because I, because I, he said yes. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> right. That's it. You just, it's really amazing how you know when you just reach out and and we have people are so accessible now with social yeah. media. And um, he was uh, he was friends with my boyfriend at the time, and and that's how I was able to solidify. But but yeah, I, I've reached out to a majority of my guests. Honestly, I find them on Twitter. Wow. Yeah, I didn't you find me you found me on Instagram. Yeah, That's how exactly. It. And it's kind of that way. I mean, I I had um Tanya Memi on. She she hosts a a show called Sell This House and um she's on A&E, um does a bunch of stuff. I sent her an email one time and she said yes and I was like I couldn't yeah, believe. And then I said, you know, I, I thought this was kind of interesting, you know, same with you, you, you know, why you would even want to do a show like this, but you know, people just say, Hey, why not? Right. That's what it is. No, this is great. Yeah. I'm, um, I, I, I get to meet you Yes. and, um, and you're doing, a, I, I mean, I listened to a few episodes and they're great well, and it's all about being on each other's podcasts because we can, you know, expand our outreach, different viewers and demographics. And I, I really, I, I love to guest on podcasts. So I'm, yeah, I really feel very privileged that you asked. Well, you are more than welcome anytime you want to come on. We, uh, you know, I always want to, I, I envy you for doing the stand-up comedy because I, I love stand-up comedy. I, there's not much more that I, I, I basically rate comedians in a little bit different way than, than most. I watch it. If I could sit it in my chair by myself and I could laugh out loud, then then you're good. And 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 you made me laugh a few times uh, in the special. So right there, you you've passed oh, the you. the first test. So it's like not everybody can do that. Not everybody, not every comedian, you know, does it. Uh, you know, I like different kinds of styles and stuff like that. But um, I, I listen to you know Jerry Seinfeld talk about uh, award shows, and then he comes on, he talks about how the schlepping and you know comedians should get awards because you're writing two hours of comedy. And, you know, you write all your stuff and it's, it's not like you're sitting there and, and you've done both with the acting where someone's writing that for you, you know, comedian, you got to, in comedy, you got to do it all your own. Yes. And if, and if it's not your material, it really doesn't land the same way. No. You're not going to have the same delivery of conviction opposed to, you know, writing it yourself. I've had people write tags uh, and every time I deliver it, it just comes out flat. Yeah. And so I just, I no longer, I absolutely write all my own material and that's just how it works for me. Nothing against people who, you know, tap in, but I think people, when they get away with having writers, it's, those are the people that have such a strong personality and point of view. Those are, you know, the Jimmy Fallon's of the world and, you know, television hosts that need that prolific um, nightly banter and jokes but for a comic especially a comic that's less than 10 years in where I'm still finding my voice it's dangerous to to hire writers because because then the, the danger is other people could could develop a false voice and then it's just going to delay um you know, de- delay your progress as a comic now do you try any any uh as the stuff is doing it on a, on a 
weekly basis or on a monthly basis, do you try different things and just try to see if it'll work? Because obviously different, different crowds, uh, it's going to make a difference, right? A Friday night, everybody's into it. You go on a, on a Wednesday at, you know, 930, it's not going to be as, as big, uh, more than like, I love to do bar shows just for that purpose, just where there's a little less risk. And of course I always do better when there's, when there's less pressure and I, I love little small shows where I can just kind of experiment and be really loosey goosey and play with the crowd. And then when you get into a big club where they're paying you, you know, and there's expectations, then you don't really want to take as many risks. You just want to go with the stuff that you know is going to land. Did you, um, did you happen to watch uh, the documentary on the comedy store? Uh, on, I think it was on Showtime? Because I don't have, I don't have a, a, t- a prescription to Showtime. You, we, were you, just we were talking about all the different ones. I've got Showtime too, HBO, <laughs> Showtime, and and it's really it's really good. You should go and, and watch I, it. I said prescription subscription. Yeah, yeah that's okay. <laughs> I, we we could use some prescriptions too. as well. Uh, <laughs> that's all. That's all good. Uh, but no, I yeah, I no, always Showtime, CBS. Uh, yeah, I know CBS yeah. Access, Amazon Prime, Netflix, Hulu. There's um, enough. But yeah, I do, I do really want to see it because I, I am at the comedy store a lot. Yeah, and it, it, it's it's a little bit different now than it was. And uh, Mitzi Shore, right? I So my wife and I were in L.A. in 1990. We were dating at the time. And we went to the comedy store. We saw Skip Stevenson, who was on Real People back in the day. I don't know if you remember him. But there was also, it was kind of funny, uh, my wife went to the bathroom. She comes back. She said there was this comedian there was this guy in the bathroom and all of a sudden about two acts later, it was Paulie Shore on stage. Oh. He had come from the ladies bathroom and oh, he came out, he came out on stage and it was the weasel. Right. Uh, but I, I loved it. I, you know, again, that was 1990 and that was like at the, a little bit uh, later on at the height of the comedy store. I think the, the mid mid to late eighties, I guess when everything was starting to, to get uh, big and then, yeah. Early. yeah, I was there. Um, I had a set uh, this past Monday, and that was my first set at the comedy store post the pandemic, and it was electric. It was awesome. just wall to wall people in every room you passed. There was an iconic uh, comedian on stage, and you just never know who you're going to pass in the halls. And the green rooms are a little eerie. They, I get a lot of strange, spooky vibes in the green room. Oh yeah. They, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure it is because it's just there's oh, so yeah. many great, great comedians. And speaking of great comedians, uh, one of my favorites of all time, George Carlin, uh, no longer with us. I always like uh, when he talked about getting on the plane. F you, I'm getting in the plane. Let evil can evil get on the plane. And he always had something, you know, great stuff to talk about. But there's going to be this is HBO. If you, you better get a, a prescription or a subscription to it, um, because uh, Judd Apatow and Mike prescribe a subscription. <laughs> exactly. Subscribe to HBO Max and watch Judd Apatow and Michael Bonfilio's four hour documentary uh, tracing the evolution of George Carlin's career from the clean cut establishment success. Chris Rock is in it in the second episode, and he talks about how just iconic. Um, it's been 14 years since Carlin died. That's amazing. Unbelievable. I saw him live in Miami. Yeah. It was a real treat. Yeah, yeah, he was one of the greatest comics to have ever graced this planet, that's for sure. He is. And, you know, it's got to be hard as a comedian, just, you know, you got to be you, right? You cannot be someone, and no one wants you to be 
someone else. You have to be you. You have to be authentic. I think so. Very few comics have got away with personas. Um, But they have to be a little bit of that persona in order to, to, you know, uh, successfully carry that. So um, Andrew Dice Clay, Andy Kaufman, Steve Wright. I mean, there is, they, they, I, I think that it really is them. It's just, it's a part of them that they tap into. Oh, of course. It, you know, you, you uh, find these characters that you can do. Same with Dangerfield, you know, and, you know, it's like, hey, I'll tell you, you know, uh, you know, I'll tell you my wife, you know. So it's it's that kind of stuff that now who is your absolute favorite comedian of all time uh, um, that you my absolute favorite comedian of all time would have to be Joan Rivers. Oh, I and mean, it, I have to go with a female for the obvious reasons. Oh, of course. But she was really very instrumental with with just my influence and in, in believing that that females can be funny. Well, you know, it's a, it's a kind of a sad story. Now, now, Joan reinvented herself about four or five times before she finally passed away, re, you know, recently. But she, the story that she tells about the whole Johnny thing and Fox with the TV show, it's such a sad story um, that they never spoke again. And her husband, I mean, it was just awful. I'm, I'm, yeah, it really, I'm, I'm surprised that there hasn't, and I'm, I'm sure that people are working on that story. Yeah. They, she did one with her daughter and I think she went, she did one, uh, I believe. And she went to the grave of Johnny and actually started to cry saying, why, you know, why couldn't we just, why couldn't you talk? You know, I love you. You, be, be, you know, it's like, it, it, it's just a sad state of affairs when, you know, why would he be jealous that he wasn't, she wasn't trying to take over his world. She had her own world and then they got rid of her and she was actually had ratings, but they couldn't stand Edgar. That was the, the problem. She said, I, I would absolutely, I would love to, to see that documentary yeah. or that story, however they want to tell it. Um, but yeah, I, I just, and, and her humor as well. I have most of her albums, and she was, wow, did she take a lot of risks. Oh. She did not hold back. Talk about a sharp tongue. She was amazing. And that, and, yeah, she, she just did not care. Mom's Mabley is another one, yeah. and she's forgotten. That makes no. me sad. Yeah, she um, never, never got anything. Yep. Right, right. But, yeah, there. Um, and then, you know, I, I like Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. I, I like him a great deal. And um, I think Adam Sandler's special is one of the best ever created ever. Talk about a special that makes you cry. Yeah, oh, I did. I cried. I cried like a little baby oh. when he did the Chris Farley thing. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. He's so talented. He really is. And it's Wonderful. funny. I, I love all the even the the silly movies. Uh, I liked. Uh, you know, I would have loved to have been uh, on the set with him and Kevin James and Chris Rock. And you know, how great mm-hmm. would that have been yeah. just to be be there and uh, when they were filming. Uh, I, you know, can't off the top of my head. I'm for some reason grown ups, grown ups one and two. I, I, I enjoyed both of them uh, thoroughly. What are your thoughts of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel as a female comic? You no, know, I, I, I couldn't get into it, but I realize I think that I mean, that's uh, anyone who got into that show, I, I get it. It's uh, I just didn't really. I, it just wasn't for me. I really, really tried to follow it. What do you think about no, it? No, I, I, I love it. I, I, I think it's, it, it's great. Uh, I like what they did with Lenny Bruce. They kind of, you know, fictitious kind of thing with, with Lenny Bruce. I, I enjoy it. 
Uh, it is on Amazon on Prime, I think, it, Amazon Prime. But I I like the way they they portrayed her, uh, and she, and she did a good good job for what it is, right? I mean, she she plays a great character. I watched a couple episodes, mm. and maybe I. You got to give it a little time. Some shows, for some reason, like Secession is one on Showtime that I watched. I was told, make sure you get past the first episode. Because if you stop after one, you'd be like, ah. But I'm then, yeah. obsessed yeah. with Succession. Yeah. I think it is the best television show ever in the history of television. <laughs> like, I, I love it so, so much. Um, and I love Hacks. Yeah. Have you seen Hacks? I have. I have not. Uh, it, oh, look, it looks fantastic, though. It looks great. Yeah, it looks good. I, I saw the commercials on it where she throws out the 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 drink and the <laughs> right. Yeah. Is that the one? Yeah. I I, I, uh, I love the resurgence. Yeah, I do. I do like that. And one one person I don't I don't understand, but they're uh, you know the funniest thing is you'll see uh, Pete Davidson seems to be getting a lot of attention these days, and uh, he's funny. But he, he, it's he's, not. He's with sketch comedy yeah. in particular. Yeah. He is, but apparently Edie uh, Falco is going to play his mother uh, in a, a show, um, and I, I think it's coming. It's going to be called uh, Bupkis. Uh, Bupkis is a nothing. It's a it's a Yiddish term for for Bupkis. You know. Interesting. Yeah. Really? So they're going to have well, that. Yeah. That would be that would be good good casting. Yeah. I see. He, Edie Falco is going to be on. She's going to play Davidson's mother in the comedy series, and that's uh, Falco on it. It's interesting how that uh, that works out, but uh, it's all good stuff. I, I enjoy uh, anything that's uh, that makes me laugh. I like, so I'm good. Me too. We have that in common. Yeah. Well, this has been fantastic. I'm so happy that you were able to join. We're we're already up uh, on time. We could have gone probably another 30, 40 minutes. Uh, and then people, but that's that's for episode two. We got to save some time for the next episode, right? You got to let me know if you're in Los Angeles <laughs> drinking during business hours. You're welcome. Oh, anytime. I love it. I love it. I'm actually. I would love to to get out there. My, we want to do a, a wine thing too. I want to you know kind of do a wine tasting. We'll go around and do that. Uh, I, we bought. Uh, so this might be interesting for you. It's not wine, but we bought a cocktail maker. Okay, oh. it's got uh, it's like the Keurig of the cocktail makers. You're a fun couple. Oh, I can tell. yeah, we, we we've gotten. <laughs> I do. So we have uh, we have my 93 year old father in law living with us. So oh. we do cocktail hour around five I or six. Cocktail hour. Yeah, we do. We need copious cocktail hours. <laughs> <laughs> so we bought this Bartesian. It's called, and it has four cylinders of alcohol. So you put bourbon. You could put. Uh, you put all kinds of different vodka and rum, uh, all of that tequila, and you've got the little little Keurig kind of pods, and you put yeah. the pod in, so it makes like old fashions, it makes whiskey sours. So I'm drinking these now, and now I'm going to bars and realizing that they're seventeen dollars when I go out to drink, but at home I make it for about a buck fifty. That's right. Why would you do that? Exactly. What are they called? Smart cups, by any chance? I don't know if it's smart cups or not, but Bartesian. It's it's B A R T E S. I think. I, I did a commercial I, for Smart Cups. Oh, okay. So I just went. And he's he's huge now, and wow, it's very similar to the concept you're explaining. So I yeah. wondered. Yeah, I love it. I think it's great. You you can make your own cocktails and have a little bar. Uh, we still like to go out too, but. It's a little bit different now. I, I instead of getting a beer or whatever, I'm like, oh, you know, we'll go out. Can you give me an old fashioned with Woodford bourbon or something? You know, because we're in, we're in Kentucky now, and 
you have to have bourbon now in Kentucky. I don't know if you've ever yeah, been. I mean, I know you're from Michigan, but it has to be made in Kentucky. I agree. Yeah. So we do Woodford. We do uh, we do Bullet Bourbon is another one. And oh, that's uh, good. so that's we a good one. Yeah, look at us the the lush as well. I I you know <laughs> drinking during. About booze for another Absol- hour. I could be, I could be, I'm telling you, drinking during business hours would be, it's like, forget, forget Jerry Seinfeld's comedians in cars getting coffee. It's booze we need. Let's booze, <laughs> let's booze it. Exactly. Well, you can like Lens Burning Bush on Facebook at Lens Burning Bush. You can follow along at, at Lens Burning Bush on Twitter. Have a YouTube channel. It's under Len Harvey. And now all 111 episodes are available on Lens Burning Bush. Dot com. So if you click on the, if you click lensburningbush.com, you can see all the episodes. I'm, I'm starting to put more stuff up there, but all of the different episodes were on every platform uh, on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio. You can even ask Alexa to play Lens Burning Bush, but make sure you say Lens Burning, ah, Lens Burning Bush podcast, because a lot of people think this is a religious show or uh, because of the whole thing, it could be something a little dirty, but that's not... It just means to explain. It just means things that. First, I was like, "Wait a second! Yeah. What exactly is burning here?" Yeah, no, it's 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 not that way. It's just things that aggravate me, uh, and and <laughs> and I'm sure it aggravates a lot of people too. But you know, <laughs> I'm going to close out a little bit with my uh, theme song, uh, "Blue Jelly," the band. Uh, They did a great job with that song, and uh, they actually did another one. How can we sleep when Lens Bush is burning, like the Midnight Oil song? Uh, that's another good oh. one. They are a band in Northern Kentucky. We go see them. They actually let me on uh, my birthday every year now. Uh, they let me sing Neil Diamond, a little uh, Sweet Caroline, uh, and I get to perform in front of the band. I think that is the f- best thing I've done. You've probably done karaoke before. Uh, I have. Yeah. yeah but sure. there's nothing like to sing with a band. Oh I mean, yeah, it, that's the fuck it, it is, you know, Absolutely. it's it is it, it is so good. But uh but again, thank you, Sarah. Uh yes. why don't you give a little plug to your website or whatever you got going coming up? Yes, so I have all of my shows, all of my schedule is on my website at Sarah J Halstead at gmail.com. I also have a monthly show at the Hollywood Improv if you're local. The next show is uh, uh June twelfth at seven PM. I have a podcast, Drinking During Business Hours, on all platforms. And I have my special RVs and Cats available on Amazon Prime. And my album, RVs and Cats, is available on all platforms. Thank you again for having me. You're welcome. And thanks to Sarah J. Halstead and my band, Blue Jelly, for my great theme song, I'm Len Harvey. We'll be back with another episode of Len's Burning Bush next week. So long.